It's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Hey, Martin, welcome back to the CORE Podcast. Uh, Today we're going to be discussing Element 17, Workplace Violence and Harassment. Awesome. So you've been on a couple of um, episodes so far, and um, I just kind of wanted to preface this episode by saying that a lot of what we're going to be discussing here in Element 17 is uh, very similar to stuff that you and I have already discussed in Element 1. So for everyone who is um, listening, I would suggest that if you haven't already listened to Element 1, Health and Safety Policy Statement, then I suggest that you go back and do so because we are going to be making some references back to that element um, in order to, you know, say like, okay, this question is is similar to this question and you can answer it, you know. Um, so that is definitely a recommendation is to listen to that element um, 1 and then listen to Element 17 because they're very similar uh, in, in context. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, Stacey, because I think throughout this episode, I'll make an effort to reference uh, in terms of each question back to a similar question in element one mm-hmm. where it does apply. Mm-hmm. So you can use that as a reference point. So we're not kind of covering the same details that we covered uh, at great length in element one yeah. to that same length for those who have listened to that that episode. Correct. And uh, just to point out as well, we often, if we see um, issues in element one where somebody hasn't provided the correct um, documentation or the correct evidence, we will often see the exact same problem repeated in element 17 in the question that is very similar. So that's why, you know, it's important that you make back those references because we want to make sure that, um, you know, if the person's going to correct two issues, it's uh, corrected in both both places, right? Absolutely. Spot on. Yeah. All right. So we'll start with the, the first question here. Uh, Does the organization have a workplace violence and harassment policy statement that is signed by the president, CEO, or local senior management? Okay, so for this question, it probably jumps out to a lot of the people listening today uh, as very similar to question Mm 1.1 from the health and safety policy statement element. Mm -hmm. Um, When we're talking about policy statements in general through your health and safety management system, it's pretty critical for the format of that kind of policy statement to be consistent and carried through your system so that when I look at, you know, your health and safety policy statement from element one, it's going to look very similar to your health and safety policy statement uh, in element 17 and the other policy statements throughout your program. Mm -hmm. That's how we're going to identify that this is, you know, that that similar commitment from senior management that we talked about in element one. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, you know, when I look at the policy statement for workplace violence and harassment or policy statements, um, they should look very similar to that one in element one with the signature visible. Again, a unique identifier, whether it's put on manually with, you know, a pen or whether it's done digitally, we want to make sure it is that unique identifier that's put on there by your your senior manager that mm-hmm. you've determined to be that person, you know, with the most responsibility for your for your operations. And that's a conversation that we went into more detail in in element one was, um, you know, discussing who is the uh, appropriate person, uh, senior management, in order to to be responsible, right? That's absolutely right. Yeah. So okay, um, question seventeen point two. Uh, includes a program that outlines roles and responsibilities of all workplace parties. Okay, so for this one, this one is most relatable to question 1.7 in the health and safety policy statement element. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this case, similar to how that case is, we're looking for you to make sure 
that workplace parties are included in terms of what's represented in the Occupational Health and Safety Act. We want to make sure that those workplace parties capture your company operations and reflect your organization's um, chart, mm -hmm. your, your hierarchy and your reporting structure. And for this one, we do ask you to consider referencing the program in addition to the policy statement for this, because that program is going to in include those more detailed responsibilities. The policy statement really can't capture that full detail that we'd be looking for to score this question. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Um, 17.3 recognizes the right of workers to work in a violence and harassment free work environment. So 17.3 pairs up nicely to 1.3. And just like we said there, this is all about key concepts. So the key concepts here is that it's a right and that it's stated for both violence and harassment in the workplace. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. 17.4, mm -hmm. uh, uh, also pretty straightforward. It uh, is. <laughs> is it current? Yep, so this one right tied into 1.4. Um, we're looking for that date to be on the signed policy statement, and we are looking, just like we discussed in more detail in element one, for it to be within 12 months. Okay, great. 17.5 um, is it reviewed annually. Excellent. So this one is one that you really do want to listen back to what we talked about for 1.5 because we talked about this um, in pretty good detail. It's one that firms do struggle with consistently mm -hmm. throughout the program in terms of recording your review process. A lot of firms are doing a review, but the recording piece to demonstrate that review is not necessarily in place to the same degree. So here we're looking for things like minutes of meetings, marked up previous copies, and any kind of correspondence that might capture that review process that led up to that final approval mm -hmm. and signature on that policy statement. Mm -hmm. And uh, just as we're firing through these questions here, um, just wanted to reiterate that all the ones that we've talked about so far are all documentation questions. So That's right. it's all about providing that documented proof, that evidence. Um, and then 17.2 also had the interview component, which, you know, if you're at element 17, you should be inter uh, you should be uh, familiar <laughs> with what we're talking about when uh, we're talking about interview uh, scores, right? So, Absolutely. okay, so we've covered up to 17.5. Now we're going to move on to 17.6. Okay, 17.6 uh, is visibly posted in the workplace or made available to workers. So this one is the first observation question that we've tackled in this element. Uh, as I've mentioned in some of our other conversations, Stacey, uh, the big key here is just to make sure that your observation results and the notes that you provide us do capture that full ratio of the locations that are required, mm -hmm. including your head office, and just do tell us that whether or not you, you see that, that posting that's made. Yeah, okay. Um, so now we're moving on to um, the statement here does the employer have a workplace violence and harassment program that periodically assesses the risk of violence in the workplace so this is where we're really stepping away from the parallels to element one for the first time in this element Questions 17.1 through 17.6 reflect the policy statements mm -hmm. for workplace violence and harassment. Now we're digging into program in a way that we didn't go into into element one. Right. So for the remainder of the element, we do talk about the program, not mm -hmm. the policy statement more specifically. And so when it comes to risk assessments, we're looking sort of for two pieces of the puzzle for you to present to us. We want to see that your program does state a process, state responsibilities and frequencies 
for risk assessments, but we also want to see that you're doing them. So please show us three samples of those completed assessments mm -hmm. based on what your procedure tells us you're going to do. Okay. So what if um, internally the, the companies uh, do some surveys amongst the employees um, just to gauge, you know, how they're feeling about their work environment and, you know, as it pertains to violence and harassment, could they submit those as proof that they're assessing the risk of violence and harassment in their workplace? That's a really good question because we do see this uh, more often than not. Uh, a lot of surveys are being used and I, I think these surveys are hugely valuable tools in order to test you know, what's going on in terms of your staff. Mm -hmm. The thing about surveys is that in themselves, they aren't assessments. Mm -hmm. They give you information that can help you populate an assessment in terms of the perceived hazards and risks that are out there for your staff, but themselves, they're not that assessment. So when we're right. thinking about assessments, think element two. Mm -hmm. The kinds of things that we talked about in that conversation in terms of what a hazard assessment is, yeah. in terms of identifying hazards and risks and controlling those, mm -hmm. that's what your hazard assessment needs to be for violence and harassment in the workplace as well. Right. So do think about that same structure. And again, carrying formats through your, your entire system when it comes to similar types of documents is key. Mm -hmm. So we set it for policy statement. I'm gonna say it for uh, assessments as well. Right, okay. Okay, great. Um, 17.8, identify specific controls for all identified risks. And again, Excellent. we're talking about the program. That's right. Yeah. So uh, documentation question. Uh, this is one where we are looking for samples. So do make sure that you're including at least three samples for us of controls that are for specific hazards that you identified in the risk assessment in 17.7. Mm -hmm. It's really important that there's a clear connection between the controls that you provide us and specific risks that were actually identified in your workplace. Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a, a nuance of, I guess, how this element is set up that really if, if you aren't able to achieve the score in question 17.7 mm -hmm. where you're producing those risk assessments, right. it's unlikely to be able to achieve the score in 17.8 because they really are linked together. Right. So if you haven't identified the risks properly, then you probably haven't identified what the specific controls are. That's right. It makes that challenging to achieve. Okay. Thank you. Moving on to 17.9, um, a program that includes measures and procedures for summoning immediate assistance. Okay, so for this one, we really are looking for something that does expand a bit beyond uh, a simple call 911 mm -hmm. directive in your program. I'd ask you and encourage you to consider the communication systems that you have in place already at your various locations. Uh, the kind of communication systems you use to summon immediate assistance in a variety of different kinds of emergencies can probably be played upon and called upon for you know a violent risk scenario as well. And so a location-specific scenario for these measures and procedures is often a successful way of approaching this. Right. So if we we're talking about maybe like on a on a work site, then uh, could something like an air horn be used as summoning immediate assistance? Yeah. So a lot of firms do like to use the air horn mm -hmm. on a construction site. And that is something that could be leveraged as a piece of a piece of this puzzle when you're putting together that that procedure for summoning immediate assistance. OK, perfect. Um, 17.10. The program includes reporting and investigation procedures. Excellent. So one of the things that I 
um, you know, emphasized in some of our earlier discussions is that idea of when you see the word and, mm -hmm. make sure you're including both. Yeah. So this is one of those questions that really does have the, the significant and in it. So mm -hmm. do make sure you're referencing procedures for us that include both reporting and investigation in this case, right. as well as both violence and harassment being considered. Um, the other nuance of this that I'd like to flag is that um, there are some external reporting requirements mm -hmm. under the Occupational Health and Safety Act that relate to uh, violence in the workplace. So those external reporting requirements should be touched upon in terms of what you reference for this question as well. You may have captured them in your workplace um, investigations mm -hmm. section in element 10, um, and you may already have referenced them. If that's the case, you don't need to rewrite those same requirements into a different chapter for, for element 17, but you do want to provide that reference for this question mm -hmm. so that your auditor can see that you're uh, providing that information. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to just point out that, um, you know, oftentimes when somebody on this question 17.10 isn't achieving the full scoring, it is because of the fact that they haven't uh, shown any type of reference to the reporting. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I find for, for my submissions that I received, that seems to be the thing that's left out the most, um, the specific reporting requirements. Yeah, and as this is a legislated question, it's one of the questions flagged with the asterisks. Mm -hmm. um, it is that tie-in that we're really critically looking for. Okay. 1711 is periodically reviewed. Okay, so this one, really, my feedback is very similar to what we talked about in 1.5, in 17.5, when we were talking about review of those policy statements. The key distinction here is that we really are talking about the full program and not the policy statement. A common reason that scoring may not be achieved is if a firm is providing us the same evidence we saw in 17.5 that mm -hmm. was specific to the policy statement. But here we're looking for that record of review again in similar ways that we've talked about in terms of those other questions, things like minutes of meeting, email correspondence, marked up copies, all those same kind of concepts apply here. Mm -hmm. It's just a different document we're talking about. Yeah, so the key is to provide the proof of the review, right? And that's the, the piece that's typically missing is that, yeah, they say, you know, they'll answer the question, say, yes, you know, we have done a review or we do an annual re review, but no actual documented proof. That's right. It's a document verification. We really need that, that strong documentation to validate the process. Awesome. Okay. So we've actually made it to the end of uh, all the questions in element 17 already. Um, so I just wanted to wrap up with uh, one last question, if you're okay with that. Mm, sure. Um, so is there anything else that you would recommend for somebody who's working on this element and who might need a little bit of extra information? Yeah, for sure. Um, this is one of the elements. I think we discussed this when we talked about uh, the first aid element, element 15 as well. It's one of the elements that's specific to Ontario because of Ontario-based regulations that are associated with this topic. Mm -hmm. So it is one of the ones where I'd say it's pretty critical to spend some time reading you know, the legislation directly to make sure you're understanding what's required by that legislation rather than getting it sort of just secondhand through the core audit tool. Right. I'm also going to recommend spending some time looking for some of the resources that are out there when you're building things like your risk assessments and, and programs around this because mm -hmm. there are some good things out there uh, to be found. 
One of the ones that I've used in the past is put out by um, the Occupational Health and Safety Council of Ontario. Mm -hmm. And they have a toolbox that's uh, available through Public Services Health and Safety Association, one of our sister associations. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is one that does go through some of the keys to developing risk assessments in your workplace. The only thing I'll say with anything like that that you find out there is you need to always, always, always assess its applicability to your firm Mm -hmm. and make it matter for your context. So you're never going to find a resource that's built for you until you build it for you. So anything you do reference, do make sure that you're tailoring it to your needs. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, if you're ever struggling, you can always reach out to the IHSA and we'd be happy to to put you in contact with someone to help you. Perfect, thank you for your help today. Awesome. Okay, bye. The IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening.